So, uh, hi, welcome to the Good Noise Podcast. We're here with uh, Lilac Queen. Uh, we're going to ask them some questions. I'm going to start. Uh, what inspired you guys to start the band? Um, so, what basically kind of happened is Doug's old band, uh, they broke up. And he spent a couple different tries trying to make Lilac Queen happen. I think this was the third try that he had mm-hmm. with Lilac Queen. And trying to get different people to work out in a group and this was the one that actually ended up working out we released our first song that day after his old band played their last show and it kind of just blew up and progressed from there mm-hmm. oh. Mm-hmm. Cool. yeah <laughs> oh yeah for me yeah, yeah, yeah. no that, that's just like all it was it's just kind of like transitioning to like a different i don't know just like a different band i guess like i've always been trying to like create what lilac queen is but it's kind of hard if you don't like trying to set the vision of what like i wanted lilac queen to be but mm-hmm. you know as it just kind of like all worked out at the perfect time for like lilac queen to actually like hit all the pieces that i was trying to do for it so mm-hmm. it was pretty it was pretty cool yeah. mm-hmm. cool cool so what is your writing process like um <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's- usually the same it's usually doug comes to me with a bunch of like chords and a bunch of just random like words and phrases and he's like okay i have these ideas now actually put it into like a structured song Mm -hmm. and i always tend to make like his like basic lyrical ideas really sad and way more complex and once we have that all figured out you bring it to practice and the whole band just kind of fills in their own parts and it it just creates like a song it's really interesting because mm-hmm. it's like we never have like um colin or billy or jesse say like come up with any lyrics or anything but their parts are very much what they've written on their own um okay. for the songs and it's really it's really cool All right. we Sorry. do do um like a in a acoustic version like we we do all acoustic versions of our songs prior to us bringing it to practice so we'll like record it on voice memos and then i put it through like a daw and i like add reverb to it and add chorus and all these other little kind of effects that just kind of you know try to be like okay this is what this song is supposed to feel like can i just get some notes on parts that we can kind of change prior to it and then we kind of like go from there it's pretty cool yeah that's actually really cool build up on it yeah Mm. Uh, so what was the first song that you guys wrote as a band? Um, so the first song that was written in general was Ouch, but that was entirely by Doug for the most part. The first song we actually wrote as a band, I want to say... I think it was Wasting Time, wasn't it? I think it was... Wait- no. Wasting Time was the last one we oh, yeah, for the EP. I think it might have been... So we had like multiple rough drafts of Lorna um and like originally like the riff at the breakdown of Lorna was actually under the chorus of cemetery sounds for a while and I think the first song we actually ended up completing was Lorna because we kind of we changed the entire way that cemetery sounds sounded and we took a lot of the ideas from the original cemetery sounds and put it into Lorna and then Lorna was all set for a little while. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, I think that, like, I don't know, 
Ouch was definitely like uh, I had written ouch for my old band, but the, my old band just kind of like was ending. So there was really no point of me like trying to put all this effort into like, you know, releasing one last track through my old band and stuff. So it was, you know, you, like when we write as a group or whatever, we're always we're we're a very like pull apart band. Like, oh, like what if we just played like as long as it's in the right key or whatever, we'll just like strip apart our songs and cut them mm. up and place them in different places and stuff. And it's okay. it's really it's really interesting to see what the final product that we decided on it is because we'll always like me and Lily will always joke back and forth and be like, Oh, do you remember when we had it like this? And it obviously like it worked, but it wasn't as yeah. cohesive. So yeah. we try to make sure all of our stuff is cohesive, even though that there's like a darker or a lighter sound to it. So it's it's a it's a move. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So what does the name Lilac Queen mean to you guys? Like what is the is there a story behind that? Or So I named Lilac Queen Lilac Queen because there's a band called Me Without You and they actually have a song called Lilac Queen. And okay. Me Without You is like one of my favorite bands. They I've always just kind of like appreciated their like artistic style where they're kind of like trying to label them within like a genre is just a very i don't know i guess i I wouldn't say confusing to say the least but they have like all these like very theatrical aspects about them that i've always just kind of adored and i don't know lilac queen to me was uh, originally an idea with our old bassist in lilac queen that we were just starting like like a like a shoegaze project just being Mm -hmm. like oh that's just an easy name but you know the it's off of the album pale horse and i've always loved the name me without you i always thought that that was like one of the best band names i've ever heard just because it's like the way that i write specifically but Mm -hmm. like the you know like i obviously can't name like the lilac queen you and not me because that's just completely blatantly ripping it off so i just was like (laughs) that song specifically has like this like uh like uh feeling that has it's like it's like a, there's a lot of self-doubt but it's kind of like looking for the future and that's kind of why i went with lilac queen i just like the way it sounds if i'm gonna be honest but it's okay. there's, if you lo- listen to the song or whatever it's like a very it's very beautiful it has like a lot of different theatrics to it that even like lyrically there's a lot of like philosophy based thinking in it and i've always i just gravitated toward that song specifically okay all right cool. um so you know we're stuck in quarantine uh what bands have you been listening to with all this time i've been i've been listening to the story so far law dispute microwave and nothing not like those are the only bands i've been listening to this entire time (laughs) yeah i mean taste i don't know lots of bands there so um i'm a little bit more diy um, I've been listening to a lot of Modern Color just because they l- released a couple new tracks for their new record that's coming out, and they're mm-hmm. phenomenal. I've been listening to my boys in Kingpin just because, I don't know, Sh- uh, Shoe City Hardcore is just where it's at. Um, what else have I been listening to? I've been listening to a lot of Worst Party Ever, too, which I I was really surprised when I li- found the Here Online EP, but it's like, I don't know. It's just so easy to put on because all of it's so catchy. Mm-hmm. So again with quarantine, uh, have you guys been working on any new uh, projects like songs or EPs, albums while you're stuck? Yeah, so we 
we've basically been able to write over half of a new album. Oh, wow. Um, just in the last month or so. Awesome. And, like, we sent, like, the acoustic demos to all our other bandmates so they can try and figure out their parts over quarantine. But it's almost done, considering, mm-hmm. like, how much we have content-wise, which was really productive for us. That's good. Cool. All right. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Excited. Uh, so how else have you guys been staying busy while you're stuck at home, aside from music? Um... I've just, I've gone on, like, a lot of walks and stuff. There's a cemetery down the street from my house. It's the cemetery that gave me the idea to name Cemetery Sounds About. Um, And I've been going around on walks around there and just chilling out there for a long while. I've brought my dog down there, too, just because it, like, it's a very big cemetery and it's very nice and peaceful. And it's, like, when I really need, like, a distraction from everything going on in quarantine, like... There's a bunch of like pokey stops for Pokemon Go, even though that game is so dead. Yeah, <laughs> play it out there just because I I, I like can. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. It's it's Still a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I've been really like music oriented. Like every day, like I try to spend like a couple hours just because like. You know, like, I'm always trying to revise and redo stuff. I mean, I play a lot lot of Switch. Uh, My mom works at a hospital, so I try to leave the house as little as possible, like, even going on walks and stuff, just because she's so directly in contact with COVID, and I don't want to get any of my friends sick. Just even if I'm just, like, a carrier, I would hate to be the cause of somebody else's family members getting sick. So I've just been trying to stay away from everybody but it's really hard for me just because i'm such a busy person anyway so it's like it's really been a, a like a complete 180 in my life so it's just been me staring at the walls just waiting for us to be able to get the okay to leave so uh, yeah. i get that so what has been your favorite part of being a part of the music industry or the diy scene if you want to call it that um I think it was, I think it was, it's still absolutely crazy how much support we got straight from the beginning, because we only released our first song in November, and pretty much the entire Massachusetts and Rhode Island music scene just backed us right away, and they all really loved us and gave gave us all their support, they started Mm -hmm. packing out shows and stuff right when we had our first show, um right to like when we just played in Providence, the last show that we played, like that was also pretty packed. And it was just, it was really great to see everyone come and stand behind us and give us all their support, even though we had just started and we haven't been around as long as a lot of the other bands. And like, I really, really appreciate that from all the people involved and like all the other bands involved and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That Alchemy show was crazy. Like the, it was our EP release show, and we already had people like yelling back our lyrics at us, and it was oh, wow. really cool because they were just like our, it's like our friends, you know what I mean? Like we've never been like a, oh, this is our, these are our fans. Like these are just everybody is our friend, and that's just the way that I always want it to be. Just because like, I don't know, it makes me feel like uncomfortable when I'm just like, I don't know, trying to be like, oh, these are our fans. It's like no, we're just friends. Like we're just all. Re- <laughs> you know yeah yeah 
Uh, so when you're writing music, what artists are your biggest inspirations? <laughs> um, so it's like... It's so crazy. We definitely take a lot of aspects from modern color and paramore, I'd say the most. But we okay. also take a lot of influence from bands like Citizen and bands like Nothing. Um, like, I take, like, my lyrical content and, like, the way I write my melodies from Jetty Bones, even though we sound nothing like Jetty Bones. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, there's, there's like, a lot of different songs that we have that take different influences from all these different artists and try and combine it into one. Okay. Mm-hmm. We, we label ourselves as a, a post-shoegaze band, but it's, you know, we're, we're trying to kind of like break the norms and like what like shoegaze kind of is and then like i don't know like i really like playing like riffs like i really enjoy being in like a, like a post-hardcore band where i'm like playing all these like like it has it just i want it to feel fun like i like the old band that i was in was in was like a very real shoegaze band but it was like a lot slower and just a lot more doomy and i wanted to be able to like i want us to be able to you know, write all these like poppy tracks, but still have like these like crazy ridiculous breakdowns out of nowhere, but also still mm-hmm. sound like Paramore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's trying to like operate and find these sounds that, you know, go a little bit further and go a little bit. It's like I always want us to be challenged when we're playing stuff, like always adding the pinky in for no reason and like, <laughs> you know, driving ourselves a little bit crazy. Okay. Cool. Cool. So what was your first concert like that you went to? That that I went to. Yeah. If you can remember. <laughs> I I when I was younger, I saw the label four different times. Taste. Four times? Taste. Yeah. Because it was like lucky. Oh my god. It was like it was like once I went for me and then like my younger sister I went with like for her and like then like I had all these different cousins that went to see the Wiggles mm-hmm. because they were at the age to see the Wiggles even though I had already been like a little bit older. Mm-hmm. It was it was I don't know. I don't remember much about it. All I remember is like all the souvenirs and everything that I brought back home from it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Do you still have any like souvenirs? Have you kept any? I don't know. I could probably like go dig some up, but I don't know for sure if I have any. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, my first concert. So my mom was very protective of me as a young adult and early teenager. So I was not able to actually go to concerts until I turned twelve. Wow. The first show I ever went to was No Guts No Glory tour, which, you know, uh, some of those bands are now canceled but like it was me uh, miss may i pierce the veil let live amity affliction and think what was me and that's the first time i've ever seen live music before especially yeah. with like like the vocalist to let live being as crazy as he is like theatrical on stage and stuff like that like i was afraid i like i didn't <laughs> use this I didn't leave the steps of the the Palladium. Like, you know how, like, there's, like, the down floor, but there's, like, the stairs you can stand on? Mm-hmm. I, like, didn't leave that. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go mosh. I'm going to learn how to do that. And I just didn't. Yeah. I was like, I, that guy scares me. But, like, <laughs> yeah. Let Live was, like, the best. Like, I, watching that dude, like, literally hang from the rafters of the downstairs Palladium was just so insane for me. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know. That was my first <laughs> first show wow. that's cool yeah so that's, that's like a good, a good lineup. first show dude yeah yeah that's a good lineup um, yeah. 
if you could go to any show, past or present, uh, what show would you go to and why? Like one we've played or like one that just attending? attending. Or like just like... Attending. Yeah. Like any yeah. show ever. Um... I think I would travel back in time to 2016 when I saw... The Wonder Years, Real Friends, Knuckle Puck, Moose Blood, and Seaway. Even though, like, Moose Blood, they obviously have, like, a terrible rep and stuff. Uh, that mm. show was incredible. Like, um, Knuckle, Puck, Knuckle Puck played their song Evergreen. And Dan from Real Friends had a feature at the end of that song. And he came out on stage to sing it. And in the process, one of the amps caught on fire. And I think one of the... <laughs> It was one of the craziest things I had ever seen or experienced, but it was just so incredible, and I would do anything to see that tour again in specific. Holy <laughs> shit. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I mean, an amp on fire definitely sounds like, like fun. A, like an experience, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, there is a local band named Arrowhead that no longer exists, but they... Uh, they played this little sushi restaurant in Salem called Kodo, and there was like there was like all these other up and coming bands that were on it, like Funeral Attire and Narrowhead and stuff like that. But it was Arrowhead's last show, and that if I could relive that show, that would be crazy because you know like you expect like a sushi restaurant, there's all these tables and everything all set up, and they have like a curfew that they need everything to end by, and they just like they kind of let Arrowhead just kind of like do whatever they wanted for the mm -hmm. night because they knew it was the last show, but like. You know, Kodo shows usually get somewhere between, like, 20 people and 60 people, but there was, like, definitely 100-plus people in this restaurant. Holy and it, shit. Like, I've never seen that many people just, like, pile into a sushi restaurant and just, I don't know, just eat the ceiling. Like, mm -hmm. people were just flying all over the place and Holy stuff, shit. and that was that was the coolest show I think I've ever gone to. Uh -huh. Yeah. Cool. That definitely sounds really cool. A sushi restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. That's, <laughs> that's I didn't think that would be the scene. For yeah. Me. Yeah. A really it's, cool... it's just like this little wooden stage that's like maybe a foot off the ground. And there's like just a mm -hmm. pentagram ha hanging in the back. Like if you don't know what Kodo is, like you should just look at pictures just so you can understand mm -hmm. it. Like wow. it's just like people like, like, you know how like at the... Uh, the Tsonga Center is like a big hockey rink, but in like the, all these like bigger shows or whatever, people are like back to back, like squished like sandwiches. Like mm. having that, but in a small scale at a co like a sushi restaurant yeah. was yeah. incredible. Right. Yeah, that right. just sounds really cool. Really. So, what would be your dream venue to play in? Like the top venue, bucket list venue? I think I would definitely like to play. The Palladium in Worcester, Mass. Or, like, maybe, like, House of Blues in Boston. Like, I never want to get too big to the point where it's, like, I can't even, like, tell what's going on in the crowds because it's mm -hmm. too big. Like, I know I saw All Time Low play at, like, the Songus Arena in Lowell, Mass a couple times. And it just, like after i started going to shows that were way smaller than that it was never the same like yeah. going back mm -hmm. to those big giant arenas to see bigger bands like that and i think honestly just keeping it at like the palladium downstairs like two thousand three thousand people that would just be super super crazy to me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i definitely think like the brighton music hall or like paradise rock club and stuff like that like 
like kind of like to reiterate what Lily said, like playing like the, those big, big, big arenas and stuff like that is like super cool. But like, I'm such like a like a like I like smaller scale. Like I like to be able to see what's kind of going on. Like I'm such a sucker for like house shows and stuff like that. But like obviously like you know house shows are pretty uh, not sick for neighbors and stuff like that. So yeah. I would never want to like interrupt like a regular lifestyle. But like yeah. I think like you know like a smaller scale venue, like even like the once ballroom in beverly or whatever would be in so sick yeah yeah, uh, yeah it's somerville not beverly <laughs> all right um so where do you guys see oh, the sorry. band in the next five years that's a good question um <laughs> honestly i have no idea because right now like we just signed on with no sleep records which is fucking crazy to all of yeah, us yeah congrats like, to you guys never- yeah thank you Thank you. We, like, never expected to even get here in, like, a million years. So for it to be even less than, like, one year to get here, it's it's absolutely crazy to us. So I think if we could make it, like, around and, like, maybe even get up to the same size as, like, Hot Mulligan or Worst Party Ever or, like, yeah. some of the bigger bands on our label, that would be just absolutely incredible. And even if we don't get, like, super big and stuff, that's still crazy because we already made it this far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. That's yeah. Cheese, dude. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I definitely back Lily on her statement on that. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I can... <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. She said it all. <laughs> what is your favorite milk alternative? I like oat milk okay. the best. Okay. Um, when I can't have access to oat milk, though, I always go with almond milk, even though I know, like, the, like it takes a lot of water to mm-hmm. make almond milk and stuff, and oat milk is way better for the environment. Like, sometimes I think I like the taste of almond milk better, but if oat milk is an option, I get the oat milk. Okay. I'm like, so, like, we, me and Lily both work at Starbucks. Um, mm-hmm. Starbucks, uh, so when I make something cold, it has to be co- cold coconut milk, but if I make a hot drink with non dairy, I do soy because okay. steamed soy is like way better than steamed coconut milk, but like ice, like iced soy milk is just not not the move but yeah. like ice coconut milk is the always the move okay, <laughs> okay. Right. um so typically the segue here is we're going to shift away from music but we've already done that so uh if you are on death row what would your last meal be and why with a drink yes <laughs> <laughs> i would definitely i would definitely eat um a potato soft taco from Taco Bell okay. and orange juice. And then I'd have a peanut butter as snack. Oh. And that's the, that's like okay. all I, like uh, all I exist on anyway. So. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> like a jar of peanut butter? Yeah. Like literally hold on. Like I can show, show you that I literally have like a jar of peanut butter, like right here. Like, I, <laughs> oh my God. You're living the life. <laughs> that's, a, Dude. that's great. <laughs> I love Legend. that. I literally, I'm already on death row, so. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh, my God. I think... Ooh, I think I would probably just... I think I would probably get, like, just, like, chicken nuggets and fries from Wendy's with, like, extra of their sweet and sour sauce, because it's, like, mm. really good for some reason. And then I drink, like, 
one of the Starbucks honey almond milk flat whites because those are really fucking good and then call it there. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. Simple. Yeah, very yeah, simple. Very. But good. Yeah. yeah. We're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good. So if you could live in one fictional world, where would you live? For a week. For oh for yeah, a week. For, you forgot that part. For a week. Yeah, sorry. For, for a week. I was like forever? Yeah. Forever. I mean if you want it to be forever, but usually it's a week. Yeah. Um, I'd probably just go chill in Hogwarts. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just because mm. it's like it would be cool to be able to do magic and all that cool stuff and like I don't know. I don't know anywhere else that I could maybe even tolerate besides something Harry Potter related. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, I would definitely tr- go and try to be like one of the like the members of the uh, like the Avatar Last Airbender. Wow, the Avatar the Last Airbender mm-hmm. like world. Like, I, but like I would only want to be a part of his crew because that just like yeah, seems yeah. like wicked, like so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Wait, um, what? Wait, wait. Would you bet? Um, would you be um, ice or is it? It's water, fire, earth, wind. Which one would you be? I definitely would want to be water, but I just know yeah. as a person, I am definitely like a firebender, like without a doubt. Okay. Like, like right. water just is so sick, but I just know for a fact that I would just be cursed and be pissed off the whole time that I have <laughs> firebending and not waterbending. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just wouldn't appreciate it for what it is, but yeah. Uh-huh. That'd be a good storyline, though. Like, if yeah. you're in the show, you'd be like, God, I wish I was... Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the last question we have. Maybe the most important. Uh, what's your favorite color? Orange. <laughs> Orange, okay. Orange? Okay. Purple. Right. Purple. Okay. Cool. Specific shades or... Like, lilac? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Glory. Like... Sorry, I had to ask. I mean, <laughs> more pinky than lilac, like okay. a lot more pinky than lilac. But like, it's just easier to use lilac because of the name. But yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool. All right. But so, uh, is there anything you guys want to plug? Last minute. Um, I don't know. Um, listen to our EP if you haven't already. It's called If Only. It's on all streaming platforms, and we just remixed and remastered it for no sleep records so yeah um so uh yeah this was uh lilac queen and uh yeah 